Hi listeners. Welcome to the 48th episode of Never on the Backfoot podcast. This is me Neha Shetty and I'm so glad to have you all listening in. This episode is all about a preview of the World Test Championship and I've discussed a plethora of topics ranging from what the World Test Championship is all about, the lead up, the venue, some common FAQs, India and New Zealand's journey to the finals. Additionally, I've reflected on some troubles that India has faced in the past owing to the New Zealand threat. I've focused on the New Zealand threat strategies for India to win the World Test Championship, some interesting questions ahead of the World Test Championship for India to address, Indian players to watch out for, and best playing 11s for both the teams discussed in this very interesting episode. Let's start off with what is the World Test Championship. For those of you who don't know what the World Test Championship is all about, this is a league competition for test cricket that was basically started by the ICC. ICC is the International Cricket Council. This started on the 1st of August 2019. Now this is intended to be like the premier championship for test cricket. It is in line with the ICC's goal of, you know, having this one pinnacle tournament for each of the three formats and for tests this is it. The tournament first began in 2019 with the Ashes series and in March 2020 matches were suspended because of the COVID-19 pandemic not resuming before July 2020 with several rounds of matches being postponed or ultimately called off and cancelled. New Zealand became the first team to qualify for the final when it was confirmed that the series between South Africa and Australia would not proceed followed by India. I'll now talk about the lead up the much awaited summit clash of this inaugural edition of the world test championship will be played from 18th of june to the 22nd of june the final will be witnessing a clash between two high voltage teams in the form of india and new zealand while india is at the top spot in the icc test rankings with 2914 points new zealand sits at the second position thus we can expect a cracker of a contest between these two heavyweight teams I'll now address some common FAQs and queries. First up, what type of ball will be used? Not only will they be playing at a neutral venue that's governed by neutral match officials, but India and New Zealand will utilize a neutral ball, the Dukes, which is used for first-class cricket predominantly in England. Usually, India plays at home with the SG Test balls, while New Zealand operates with the Kookaburra. The Dukes conventionally have been found favorable by bowlers for its rich seam and even got a thumbs up from the Indian captain Virat Kohli as well as Ashwin in the recent past. I think one of the most important questions that many people asked me was what would happen in case you know this World Test Championship finals is ends up in a draw or is a tie or the match gets abandoned. So in either of those scenarios both the teams will be declared joint winners. The next question is is there going to be a reserve day? Yes. June 23rd has been kept as the reserve day. The 6th day will comprise a maximum of 330 minutes or 83 overs plus the actual last over and the reserve day will kick in only if there is time, you know, that's lost during regulation play on each day and if it is not made up on the same day. I'd now like to talk about the venue. The final of the World Test Championship will be taking at the pace and swing-friendly conditions of England. Southampton will host the fixture. Pitches and weather in England offers a good amount of swing and pace, which helps the fast bowlers. 
This contest is between two high quality teams and we are expected to see some very good player battles. Now we can also observe that neither side is an outright favourite thanks to the conditions. Both sides have been in pursuit of an ICC silverware as in the last few ICC tournaments they have narrowly missed out the trophies but they can certainly salvage it now. To focus on India's journey to the finals, India has been the best side in the World Test Championship so far. The table toppers have won over 70% of their matches and tasted victory in 5 out of their 6 series. Since the rules were tweaked midway after the horrendous tour to New Zealand, there was a lot of uncertainty regarding their spot in the final. But India came at the top in this thrilling journey. India's journey in the 2019-21 World Test Championship so far has been full of highs and lows. After successfully dominating West Indies on their turf and beating South Africa and Bangladesh at home, Virat Kohli's men looked set to march to the World Test Final with ease. However, a 2-0 whitewash at the hands of New Zealand meant that India had to go down under and beat the Aussies in tough conditions. Despite being ravaged by injuries, India became the first team to hand Australia back-to-back Test Series victory defeats in their own backyard. A three-win series at home to England ensured India's safe passage to the showpiece event. New Zealand's Journey During their journey to the ICC World Test Championship final, New Zealand has played five bilateral Test Series. In the 11 matches, New Zealand won seven and lost four. The Kane-Williamson side faced Sri Lanka, Australia, India, West Indies and Pakistan during their road to the finale of this ICC World Test Championship. Let's now talk about some troubles that India has faced in the past at the hands of the Kiwis. New Zealand can potentially play a four-man pace attack comprising Trent Bolt, Tim Saudi, Neil Wagner and Kyle Jamieson. Now, this diversified bowling lineup can be quite lethal in English conditions. Bolt and Saudi are primarily swing bowlers, and the former's left arm angle is an additional advantage against India's right handed top order. The left arm pacer Wagner can trouble the Indian batsman with his well directed short balls and bouncers. Jamieson can also hoop the ball around, and awkward bounce is one of his major strengths. Apart from having skilled pacers in their ranks, the New Zealand management is great with their tactics and planning. Their good homework against the oppositions has served them well on so many occasions. Any batting unit would struggle in testing conditions. But that can't be an excuse for India now. I mean, the senior batsmen have to step up and deliver their goods for the side. The visitors should also have a good game if at least two of Cheteshwar Pujara, Virat Kohli, Ajinkya Rahane perform well. Pujara would look to continue his steady approach and Rahane might not get big runs. Thus, the onus falls on Kohli and he should bear the burden of major run scoring. The skipper should aim for a stable start and capitalise on it later on. The rest of the unit should also chip in well, as scoring runs in England is extremely difficult. India needs to ensure that they don't lose wickets in bunches at testing times. However, they need to utilize those scoring opportunities and make the most of it. The Duke's ball shows a lot of movement in England and going into a shell might not be a good idea. While plenty of focus will understandably be on the batting department, the Indian bowlers can't relax either. 
and the value of each run increases you know in these tough conditions and the bowlers need to test the kiwis well kane williamson and company shouldn't be allowed to score those easy runs and later the pressure will mount on the indians let's now dissect the new zealand threat the planners of new zealand cricket schedule for 2021 could not have done a better job The squad is assembling in Southampton which is the venue of the World Test Championship final starting on June 18th more than 2 weeks ahead of their opponents India with the first of the three batches having already reached Virat Kohli's team is leaving for England on June 2nd and will stay at the hotel within the Rose Bowl stadium but the time India spend on quarantine and then beginning training and then playing the intra squad practices game by then new zealand would be locked in a proper test series against a class side like england the lead up to the final thus couldn't be more lopsided in the sense new zealand battle ready because they've already played two tests in those english conditions and india looking to match them with practice sessions to also focus on another pointer new zealand has a very good record against india in tests both the teams have played 59 test matches so far out of which india has won 21 and new zealand has won 12 there were 26 test matches that ended in a draw although india has won you know more matches in the head to head encounters most of india's victories have come on home soil india has won 16 matches at home and lost two Therefore there were only 5 matches when India managed to defeat New Zealand on the latter's home soil. New Zealand on the other hand has won 10 matches and lost 5 on their home soil against India. Since the ICC World Test Championship final will be played at a neutral venue, India will not have the home advantage over New Zealand. Now during the ICC World Test Championship, India faced New Zealand in two test matches and lost both the games by a very embarrassing huge margin. India lost the first match by 10 wickets and the second match by 7 wickets. They were totally outplayed. Therefore New Zealand has a very good record against India in tests so this can work in their favor with respect to the ICC World Test Championship final as well. Now when we focus on the conditions these are totally opposite to what Indian grounds are where you know the spinners enjoy the great support and the pace bowlers suffer due to the dew and other factors. Therefore New Zealand will find home like conditions in England while India will have to adapt to the conditions. This is another reason why New Zealand can defeat India in the final if they don't really play well. And Tim Southey is an experienced pacer who is like ranked fifth highest wicket taker in this championship so far with 51 wickets in 20 innings. He's been lethal. Kyle Jameson on the other hand too has bowled brilliantly in the tournament with 36 wickets in 12 innings. Trent Bolt has scalped 34 wickets in 18 innings with their deadly pace attack New Zealand definitely has an upper hand over India. Another advantage for New Zealand is their huge batting depth as their tailenders also have the ability to bat. India's batting strength lies mostly at the top and the middle order. The lower order of the Indian team can't be trusted for piling runs. I mean we've seen it in the recent series versus Australia, but that time the times were different, the conditions were also different. However, New Zealand's tailenders can score big. Kyle Jameson and Trent Bolt showcased during the two match test series against India that they actually have the ability to bat well. So India has a lot of factors of New Zealand that they have to negate if they want to win this World Test Championship. Let's now 
delve into the strategies for India to win the World Test Championship. First up, to tackle the swing bowlers properly. New Zealand, as I have previously also spoken about, has a potent bowling lineup in the form of Neil Wagner, Kyle Jamieson, Trent Bolt, and Tim Southey. They will definitely test the Indian openers up front. If the duo of you know Rohit Sharma and Shubman Gill or even Mayank Agarwal can tackle these early overs, India will find themselves in a comfortable position after the first session. Thus, the opening combination becomes all the more important and will be decisive to India's chances in the final. Next up is the vital contributions from the lower middle order and tail. Now, the pitches in England are never like some sort of a run fest sort of a scenario or it's very difficult to score 400 to you know 500 runs regularly that's when it becomes important to factor in that the average first inning score at southampton is like 337 while the average second inning score there is 280 in most cases the lower middle and you know the tail enders they definitely struggle to score and their contributions are immensely important and at times it really matters it also becomes important here to point out that the standout partnership was the seventh wicket uh, partnership between Shardul Thakur and Washington Sundar in the GABA test that proved to be a game changer for India as the duo added 123 runs from 217 balls. Should the lower middle order continue to contribute, India can very well breach the 400 run mark and this can be very instrumental. My next point is attacking bowling from new ball bowlers. When you look back and focus on one of the major reasons behind Virat Kohli's success as a test captain is because of India's strong pace attack. This goes without saying. Now you have the likes of Jaspreet Bumrah, Mohammad Shami, Ishan Sharma who have flourished under the astute leadership of Virat Kohli. As the 22-yard strip in Southampton would favour seamers more, the seamers' performance becomes all the more important to, you know, India's chances and over the years Bumrah's consistent line and length and his toe-crushing Yorkers have actually worked wonders for Team India. He notched up 83 wickets in 19 test matches and this is a testament to the kind of bowler he is. Mohamed Siraj, who might be a part of the playing level, has shown his skills in Australia. He has picked up 13 wickets, which is the most for the visitors. He will, I think, be very key to India's success if he makes it to the playing level. Ishan Sharma and Mohamed Shami's experience will also come in very handy and the Kohli-led side can make an early impression by taking wickets right at the start. Let's now look at some interesting questions that India has to answer ahead of the World Test Championship. First up, who should Rohit Sharma open with? Now, Rohit Sharma has been absolutely sensational for India as a test opener. He has become one of their current best batsmen in tests. He has scored heaps of runs at home to go with impressive half-centuries in testing conditions. Rohit is definitely a starter for India right at the top of the order. But now comes the real question. And, you know, this would be the selection of his opening partner. Should it be Shubman Gill or Mayank Agarwal? Now, the Indian team has backed Gill to partner Rohit and the youngster did show a lot of promise. I mean, we did see that, right, with a couple of half centuries in Australia. However, Gill did not have the best of the series against England because he just managed to get 119 runs in four games at an average of less than 20. He was really struggling. 
Now, both Gil and Agarwal have had issues against the swinging ball and this is not unknown. Now, it makes it an even tougher decision to select either one of them to, you know, open alongside someone like Rohit Sharma. As Skipper Kohli said in one of his press conferences, India is likely to, you know, open with Gil and Rohit. However, as always, there might be some surprises in store when it comes to Kohli and we've seen his uh, team selection. So, fingers crossed and hoping we can have the best combination right at the top. The next pressing question is who should play, Jadeja or Ashwin, or can both figure in the scheme of things? Jadeja's injury ruled him out of the India-England series, but the hosts continued with their five-bowler strategy with all-rounders Washington Sundar and Akshar Patel at their disposal. Now, with Jadeja back from injury, and we've seen the kind of form he is in, as seen in the IPL, and it will be interesting to see the combination of the Indian team for the final. Ideally, India could play with six pure batsmen in England where we know the conditions are difficult for batting and having a deep bat- batting order then would actually make sense. But the rise of Rishabh Pant coupled with Jadeja's batting exploits could tempt India to go with five bowling options once again. Then you might ask, where, what about Hanuma Vihari? He's playing in the county and one can never forget the heroic knock, the 23 of 161 balls that helped India save the SEG test. He batted through pain and endured that the team actually didn't lose the game. Now, yeah, as I mentioned, Bihari is playing county cricket in England and he has already gotten used to the conditions and he is playing well. And I think this makes it an incredibly tough selection decision for the team management to decide whether or not to include Bihari as a pure batsman. Now, if he is included, India will need to drop either Ashwin or Jadeja to play those three seamers. Now, we need the three seamers because these are seeming conditions. It will be interesting to see how this pans out. One of the next most important questions is what pace bowling combination should India opt for? I think one of the major reasons why India has become a force to reckon with in overseas conditions is purely our potent pace attack. Credit goes to Skipper Kohli, who has instilled that kind of belief in his fast bowlers as genuine match winners. He has always emphasized on 20 wickets to win the game and his bowlers have delivered and have always risen to the occasion. Although India hasn't won a test series as yet in South Africa, England or New Zealand, they have competed and their pacers have tormented the opposition batsmen. The likes of Jaspreet Bumrah, Shami, Ishan Sharma, they have all emerged as India's new deadly pace trio that was highly effective with you know each bowler bringing in something different, a variety which otherwise wasn't seen. However, India had to go through an acid test in the 2020-21 Border Gavaskar Trophy. With respect to that, we saw how Ishan Sharma couldn't recover from his injury and Shami was ruled out of the series after he fractured his wrist in the first test at Adelaide. Now, everything seemed lost and we were wondering who could be the new replacements. And that's when new faces like Shardul Thakur, Mohamed Siraj and T. Natarajan stepped up. They showed India's incredible bench strength. And the new pace trio was as effective in making India create history at the GABA, beating Australia for the first time there in 32 years. But with Ishant and Shami fit and available, I think India would still prefer to go to their experienced pace trio and the youngsters will get their due time. 
However, Ishant hasn't had much of match practice and might be a little rusty coming back, you know, from injury to one of the toughest formats of cricket, red ball cricket. Thus, there might be a temptation to play either Shardul Thakur or Siraj as, you know, the third seamer alongside Bumrah and Shami. Siraj has picked 13 wickets in the series down under. He was the best bowler. He has picked the most wickets as the visiting side. So it becomes important to see that. Thakur has also proven his ability as a very good seeming all-rounder and could come handy, you know, in the absence of someone like a Hardik Pandya. So it becomes important to see how all this pans out. It remains a fascinating prospect to see, you know, which three pacers will take field for India on June 18th. Let's now delve into Indian players to watch out for. Let's start off with Rishabh Pant. His rise over the past year has been nothing short of astonishing and he definitely is India's X-factor. I mean, he has been instrumental in helping India reach this final and it would be foolish, you know, to not include his name. The 23-year-old came of age in the 2020-21 Border Gavaskar Trophy and he proved his worth as a batsman along with his much-improved keeping abilities. His multiple match-defining knocks has helped India become the first team to hand Aussies back-to-back defeats in their own backyard. He has had an incredible 2021 with the bat so far. In just six tests, the Southpaw has managed to, you know, gather 515 runs at an outstanding average of 64.37. And another huge positive for India is his wicket-keeping has improved exponentially in the past few months. And his batting ability gives India the luxury of playing even with an extra bowler. This is very good. And Panth has also a test 100 in English conditions. And he could well, you know, be the main man for India in this epic finale. Next up on my list is Rohit Sharma. And he has been one of the most improved batsmen in the Indian test team for, you know, the past couple of years. Having already established himself as one of the you know, all-time greats in white ball cricket. He wasn't quite able to replicate the similar success in test cricket, but things changed for the better because, you know, in 2019, when he was asked to open the innings for India in that home series versus uh, South Africa and Bangladesh, he managed to amass like an unbelievable 556 runs at a stupendous average of 92.66. Now, this has three centuries and a double hundred. He once again silenced his critics by performing well as an opener in overseas conditions. He scored a couple of very instrumental half-centuries in the four innings down under earlier this year that helped India to that historic series win. Many believe that playing against a quality seam attack like New Zealand in English conditions will be Rohit's biggest acid test. And although the 34-year-old has seemed vulnerable to swing bowling in the past, Rohit Sharma has all the class and talent in the world to prove that he can be a huge success in the English conditions too. It's just a matter of time. And he is the main player that, you know, India will rely on to deliver in this very important final. Next up on my list is Jaspreet Bumrah. In the three tests that he has played in England, Bumrah has scalped 14 wickets and he has taken them at an astounding average of 25.93. With the ball nipping around in England, Bumrah will definitely make life uncomfortable for the Black Caps in the final of this World Test Championship and we'll be so excited to see him go all out.
Pujara and Kohli. There is no reason to justify why this man will occupy the number 3 slot. Now, for almost a decade now, Cheteshwar Pujara has been such a vital cog in the Indian batting setup. The right-hander has an experience of 85 test matches under his belt and this is no joke. He has scored 6,244 runs in the whites at an average of 46.60. He has been really reliable. To focus on our Indian captain, Virat Kohli. I know he has had his fair share of struggles against the swinging ball in England. We saw it with the disastrous 2014 tour, but he did manage to make a comeback in the 2018 tour, where he slammed a couple of centuries. After averaging 53.27 in tests, Kohli is determined to lead by example in yet another ICC final that he will be a part of. Over the course of a decade, we have seen how these players, you know, they displayed that ability to bounce back even after a lean patch. Last but not the least, Ravindra Jadeja. I mean, the rise of Jadeja as a genuine all-rounder in test cricket has been meteoric, you know, to say the least. The all-rounder has been, has played a crucial part of the spin duo with Ravi Chandran Ashwin at home conditions. We've seen how lethal they are. However, away from home, his batting has improved in leaps and bounds over the past couple of years. Jadeja is closing in on 2,000 test runs for India. He has played over 51 games and has a very good, healthy average of 36.18 considering his batting position. His all-round performances down under helped India win the MCG test and draw the third test at SCG, which played a huge role in them winning the Border Gavaskar Trophy. Jadeja's ability to bat gives India a unique balance through which they can afford to play both him and Ashwin with the other three quicks, making it five bowling options. And the Southpaw averages a brilliant 47.20 against New Zealand with the bat, something which will give him confidence ahead of this very important final. The last segment I'd focus on are the best playing levels for both the teams. To focus on India, I'd have Rohit Sharma and Shubman Gill open the batting with Cheteshwar Pujara, Virat Kohli, Ajinkya Rahane, Rishabh Pant forming my solid middle order. Rabindra Jadeja and Ravichandran Ashwin as my all-rounders and spinners who can give depth to the batting. Ishan Sharma, Jaspreet Bumrah and Mohamed Shami form my lethal pace attack and this is the best playing level for India. To focus on New Zealand, Tom Latham, Tom Blundell, Ross Taylor, Kane Williamson, Henry Nichols, BJ Watling, Mitchell Santner, Kyle Jamieson, Tim Salvi, Neil Wagner and Trent Bolt form a formidable playing level for New Zealand. this comprehensive analysis, I draw curtains to this episode that served as a preview of the World Test Championship. It was really fun writing this episode in the midst of this endless pandemic and upcoming exams too. Hopefully you all liked it too and can resonate with most of the pointers I spoke about. Your kind words and support really gives me the strength and zeal to keep working and delivering quality content to you all. A heartfelt thank you. Do check out at the rate never in the back foot on Instagram and at the rate never in the back one on Twitter for the latest facts, trivia, quizzes, retweets, terminology, and a lot more coming up this cricket season just for you. 
The podcast is also available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, Overcast and a lot of other platforms. So please do spread the word. Also, feel free to share your thoughts and suggestions for the already published episodes and recommendations for future topics. Do share this widely and your support is really appreciated. See you next time, listeners. Cheers, stay safe and take care. Bye for now.